you had an era following this running boom that Frank Shorter launched in his Olympic gold in 72, where people just started running a lot. It just was a mentality of those times. Everybody on this team is going to do a thousand miles every summer. Hey, this is what we do here. We win state championships. I loved every bit of it. It's just like part of what we did. It's like, you know, eating dinner. Today we go to a meet. And they had these shirts said, you know, thousand mile club and Largo High State champs. When you watch them as a pack warm up, it was, you know, like royalty coming by. Welcome back, listeners, to episode two of All the Miles Mattered. We are happy to have you along. I said in the first episode, along for the ride. I'm going to change that phrase. We're happy to have you along for the run. It's a short run, 15 minutes. It's not all that difficult to quantify exactly how good the Largo High School cross-country program was. Just look at the results dating to the late 1960s and you'll see it. Understanding exactly why the Packers rose to prominence That's tougher to figure out, and the reasons for it are more complex. But I'm going to say this now for everyone to hear. The number one reason Largo was great can be summed up in three words. Coach Brent Haley. You can do it, Mike! Come on, big third now! Mike, big third now! Now, he's really good at deflecting credit, and his voice was intentionally not part of the first episode. He would always choose to praise his runners for the work they did overtaking credit for any victories. And yes, they were the ones doing the running, and all the miles they did absolutely mattered. That's where we won our state championships. In the summer, we built our base. We built our team bonding. You do that in the summertime. I think that's where we really distinguished ourselves. It was Coach Haley who guided those teams who motivated those runners, who found those runners in the halls and PE classes of Largo High School. I was actually wrestling, and Coach Haley saw me running track during PE and doing pull-ups and all the stuff, and he said, wrestling at 112 is fine, but you got to check out the track team and cross-country team. And that's what I did, and uh, I got on the track and cross-country team my sophomore, junior, and senior years. So yes, Coach Haley was a recruiter. He also was someone who sought knowledge to understand the sport more. What Brent did and how he put so much time and thought and research into his coaching and his workouts, there weren't many programs like that. While he certainly rode the wave of that running boom in the 1970s, there were some other reasons that Largo was good. I'm going to give you three and they're going to sound odd at first. Lemonade. Do you remember Coach Haley and his lemonades? t-shirts. When you were in high school and you wore that shirt, I mean, you were automatically popular. It was a big deal. And evening practices. We could do workouts that no one else could do. I mean, you just couldn't do those workouts after school. If you ask coach, coach would probably tell you that it's resulted in half the state championships. While it's tough to truly tie in number of state championships to the amount of time Largo practiced in the evenings, let's think about this for a little bit. First, Coach Haley had high school students and performance figured out. It seems before anyone else, at least in his neck of the woods, Largo started practicing in the evenings in cross country in 1969. 1969, Coach Haley was thinking about his runners and his program's ability to win, and he understood high school kids 
are not going to be as fired up to run, nor will they run as fast if they're practicing when it's still 90 degrees outside. And it's often 90 degrees outside in Florida if you're practicing right after school. You couldn't do a workout that Coach Haley called the bear. That was four miles at a certain pace, some rest, then three miles at a faster pace, then some rest, then two miles, and then one mile. Or you could do the bear, but you couldn't do it as well if it's in the sunny, hot part of the day. It was a facet of the Largo program that set the Packers apart from others. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is you can have a run of successful teams for one or two years, maybe three, maybe four, maybe a bit more. But Largo was near the top, challenging for the state championship for 20 years. There's no way a single locale could have the run of athletes that it did. There's just no way. The longevity of Largo, it's clearly all tied to Coach Haley. It has to be him. Brent really lit the fire, I think. And you know Brent. If you talk to him, he's going to say, oh, it wasn't me. It was the kids. You know, he says, I couldn't beat the Ducks at Taylor Park. He is absolutely the reason why Largo was so good. And then it was just infectious for the whole county. There you heard from Bill Ward. Bill ran cross country in the 1970s in Pinellas County and then went on to cover some of those great programs as a writer first for the St. Petersburg Times and then the Tampa Tribune. Clearly, some of the reasons that Largo was Largo were motivational and strategic. I will detail them throughout this podcast. Now, I've already said that Coach Haley was the main reason, and there will be more about him, a focus on his life in an upcoming episode. And so, by the way, if you're just now finding us in the current episode, episode two, It's just an 18 and a half minute investment at normal speed to go back to our trailer episode and opening episode. Again, these episodes are fast moving by design. Like standout runners, these are coming in right about 15 minutes. One of those runners who came in sub 15 more than a few times was the first voice you heard talking about the running boom and Frank Shorter. His name is Bob Brayman. He's now a standout coach at Florida State. He's also the former coach at the University of South Florida, and he ran at Chamberlain High School in Tampa. Bob Brayman had it pegged. Frank Shorter and other runners were part of the reason the running boom happened in the United States. Frank Shorter did his training in Gainesville, Florida, so obviously some of those Largo guys some of the other Tampa Bay area runners and other people in the state, they just heard about him more. Go on these road trips to go run, go up to Gainesville, because they had a regular thing on Thursdays where it was an open track meet. And if you got there at the right time, you could go in the morning run with Frank Shorter. Frank was living in Gainesville at the time, and, and you just kind of join up with him. There were other runners, as I said. Bill Rogers was one. Bill Rogers is the man who got tens of thousands of Americans excited about the sport of running. Bill won Boston four times. Another runner, Steve Prefontaine. He at one point held every U.S. record between 2,000 meters and 10,000 meters. He died at the age of 24 in 1975. He certainly left his mark on U.S. distance running. You know, Steve Prefontaine time is just an era of good American runners that fed off of each other, where it'd be pro high school, Steve Prefontaine, uh, Bill Rogers, all those guys. We I mean, we all fed off of those guys and we wanted to be like them. 
because it became popular, there were runners who heard about all the miles these guys were running and they decided to copy them. Now, that wasn't always the best idea. They had to work up to a total. They couldn't just start running 70 miles a week if they were only running 25 before or zero before. So they did have to work up to it. But as you'll hear from Bob Raymond again, there was a mass of runners doing 70, 80, 90, even 100 miles a week at some points in the year. When I was in high school at Chamberlain, everybody did two-a-days. School didn't start till 8.30. So it was fortunate that we could go out at 7 and run a five-mile loop around the Forest Hills Golf Course, less than a mile from our campus, every morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, without fail, five miles. We ran eight miles for our afternoon trails, and our long run was 10. And things began to change a little bit as so many people were getting good in the mid to late 70s that everybody started up in their game. Some of those guys up in their game were runners at Largo High, for sure. But let's make sure we have our eras straight here. Frank Shorter came on the scene with his Olympic gold medal in 1972. But before those Olympics, Largo had already claimed one state title in cross country and finished second in the state twice. One of the key runners of that era was a guy named Jeff Howdeschel. He was on the first state championship team in 1970. He also was the individual state champion in 1972, the first such in cross country for Largo. Here's his recall of some of the ways that Coach Haley rewarded the runners in practice. Early on, probably before your time, there was a place across the street from the high school that had some of the best lemonade you'd ever had. It was was like a diner. And he would have like competitions, but they weren't really tough competitions. They were bonding. Some of them would get you to run a certain pace. If you won the competition or your group won the competition, you would buy these lemonade. And a hot day in Florida, let me tell you, there's nothing better than a nice cold lemonade. He would go over and buy them and bring them back. I got two of them that I can remember right off the top of the head. One of them was a, a thing where he wanted us not to run hard, but it was like a we were all running too fast to practice. We were running times that were too fast, and he wanted us to slow down. So his lookout was half mile, three quarters, mile, mile and a half, and then back down again. But he gave everybody a target time. And every second you were away from that target time, you lost points. So the person that was closest to the target time won the limit, and I won it. I was able to run with a clock in my head so I could do that. And with the last thing to run, Everybody was like 30, 40 seconds off total. I was off five seconds. In addition to lemonade rewards, Coach Haley set up a sort of summer incentive program. If you ran 1,000 miles, 750 miles, or 500 miles, you got a t-shirt. And that t-shirt became kind of one of those cherished things where once you saw one other guy wear it, you wanted to wear the same thing. Or if you had the 500-mile t-shirt from one summer, but your friends were in the 750-mile club or the 1,000-mile club, you wanted to join them. And so that's one of the reasons Largo was good. The other reasons, of course, are that Coach Haley apparently said the right things to motivate the kids to do that. It's really easy to say, oh, I'm going to run 500 miles this summer. But actually sitting down and doing the math and realizing how hard it can be to stick to it pretty much seven days a week, it's just easier said than done, especially in Florida summers. So the mileage was one of the reasons. It's summertime and you're training, trying to get your thousand miles in. You're all meeting up at the high school at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night when it's getting dark so you can run the cool. And there'd be 
20 of us out there. It was having fun. It was almost like being in a gang. Everyone around knew who we were, knew what we were doing, knew why we were doing it. We never got any police issues. No one ever gave us a hard time. And we went some crazy places, did some crazy things. Jumping through trains and lighting up an entire mansion along the intercoastal waterway with road flares. And then running across to the beach and running down the beach and looking back and seeing all the road flares lit up. John Winters, the buzzard, jumping off of the uh, Clearwater Causeway Bridge. And I don't mean the small part of the bridge. I mean the top of the bridge. You know, stories like that. A runner known as Moose, Mike Thurston, was a member of two Largo state championship teams in the 1970s. And he was the one you just heard comparing running for Largo to being in a gang. One Thurston teammate of that era, a guy named Mike Ware, embraced the high mileage. Mike Ware ran 1,271 miles in a span of just about three months. When I asked him to name some of the reasons Largo excelled in cross country, he talked, of course, about the running, the motivation and support from Coach Haley, but also one key difference between the Tampa Bay area of the 1970s and today. We had a good newspaper, but you didn't have like professional teams. So this is my take is a much greater interest in what's happening with the locals. So you're not filling it up with professional stuff about, oh, this player does this and this player does this. We're talking about kids working, you know, in their various sports. And because Largo was doing so well, we got a lot more notice. And a lot of the other teams were feeding off of our success as well. Those runners got attention and recognition and not just from one newspaper. The dominant paper was the St. Petersburg Times, but there were three other competitors there. The afternoon paper, the evening independent, also the Clearwater Sun, and the Tampa Tribune. Media coverage wasn't the only thing that was different then. Largo won half its cross-country state championships before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won their first NFL game. The Tampa Bay Rays in baseball and the Tampa Bay Lightning in hockey did not exist until much later, and the Bucks were just a tad slow to get going, losing an NFL record 26 games before finally winning late in the 1977 season. So multiple newspapers show up in 1975 to cover the Largo Invitational. That event was being held at Taylor Park. No longer was it a few laps around Largo High School, but the buzz was not over the new course. Really, it was about the runners. Mike Ware was one of the top-ranked runners in the state. Bob Brayman, also highly regarded. But one of the reasons Mike Ware ran so many miles in the summer, one of the reasons Bob Brayman talked about two-a-days and 100-mile weeks was because they knew about a guy who was rated ahead of them, a junior at St. Pete High, one of the greatest runners in Florida history. Remember that clip in the introduction to this episode The guy talking about seeing Largo warming up and referring to the Packers as royalty? Funny he should use that phrase, because the guy uttering those words was royalty when it comes to high school distance running. Find out more about him and his classic duel with Mike Ware and Bob Brayman in the next episode of All the Miles Matter. 